Danny O'Dwyer. Snuff it. This is the least amount of this uh, language that I've had any exposure to. This is not fair. It's only been like, this is the third time, I think. This will be the third race here, yeah. So, the European Grand Prix. We're (laughs) back in Europe. Oh my God, that's right. Yeah. That's what it was called the first time, right? Sure was. It wasn't wow. last year. It was. Uh, this is technically only the second uh, Azerbaijani Grand Prix we've we've actually ever had. That's right. But the third race here. The third race here in Baku. Baku. That Danny is Azerbaijani for I don't understand, which is basically what we were all <laughs> saying after the last Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Yes. Oh my God! If you, I'm just going to go ahead and jump right to uh, the tweet section where. Let's see. Tohir T. Oh, yes. Uh, tweeted at Shift F1 podcast. Here's to a good racing weekend. And it's a it's a retweet of WTF1. Uh, <laughs> and it's friend colon F1 is boring me. And then an image of a burned disc that says 2017 Azerbaijan <laughs> Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah, Pretty it had much. everything. It had crashes. It had it had uh, overtaking. It had road rage <laughs> oh so good <laughs> ran the gambit it was a real weird one uh yeah and I, i'm looking forward to this one it's such a weird little circuit it's like a street circuit but it's fast and really long um and freaks them out and makes them think about fuel a lot more and has them lifting and coasting and worrying about gaining speed and easy overtakes and all this stuff it's 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 a circuit that keeps people on the edge um and we'll have to see if like maybe the past few years there's a bit of them getting used to it now and they're not freaking out as much but um but we'll have to see because some of those some of those corners are real tricky and weird yeah, I think maybe it's too much to ask for a uh, a good Azerbaijan Grand Prix because after the Chinese Grand Prix we just had, <laughs> right. uh, that would be an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, we. Uh, I didn't watch it live and then I watched it, um, I caught up with it the next day and didn't get spoiled and then we actually met, we were at a, a friend's wedding. In person. Um, in person we met and you hadn't seen it yet which is just as well because we would have burned all this good material if we <laughs> if we had done so uh, when did you watch it like shortly after the, shortly the wedding after stuff yeah okay cool yeah it was a Man. tale of two halves it was a real boring first half and then thank fuck for toro rosso's crashing into each other <laughs> yep <laughs> that's what that's why formula one is great because something that happens in the back of the field can totally upset the entire thing yeah uh, mix mix but, it up a little bit, of, little bit of spice yeah before the race even started qualifying was probably the at least for me uh the best so far of the year right um because mainly just because of ricardo because ricardo's engine arrived from renault not entirely built right uh so by the way there's like construction or something happening upstairs so so (laughs) apologies for whatever horrors you hear on my microphone but drew's drew's actually reporting from the red bull garage right now so (laughs) yeah they're trying to cram it into his car uh he the whole team had to scramble to get him uh out for qualifying one like he would they were building his car as qualifying started and he left the garage with 40 seconds to spare he like did you see him spin out he like he like drifted out probably the sickest burnout i've ever seen out of the pits yeah it was pretty amazing so he only had one lap to do to do it in uh on cold tires 
and went 14th fastest, which was barely enough to move on. Yeah, but amazing he work. He did it. He got it done. Get her done. That's what Donnie Ricardo always says. <laughs> yep, it's a sketch phrase. Yep. He actually ended up, uh, so that was to get through to Q2, and then he also, of course, got through to Q3 and qualified in sixth place. So he almost was in the back and then got right. to sixth. Yeah. Uh, Raikkonen had the lap record until Vettel snatched pole at the last second. Yeah. Which was, uh, I want to see well, Kimmy, I want to see Kimmy on pole more. I was fun to see two Red Bulls uh, on the, the you know the front row, front row lockout as well. You know, it's we're already seeing like just remember I said like once we had, once we had this race behind you us we Ferraris. had a better idea. Sorry, yeah, what did I say? You said Red Bull. Oh my bad. Uh, two Ferraris. Um, yeah, remember I said like last time once we, once this race was in our rear view mirror we will have a better idea of where everyone's kind of standing. Yeah. Um, and there's no getting there's no getting over the fact that the Ferrari is like super competitive this year. It's not just a weird fluke. It's not just the types of tracks we've had or bad. Uh, there's been some questionable calls of strategy, but just on race pace, it's not the same as last year. You're not seeing Mercedes getting ahead with a couple of tenths uh, um, um, between them and the, the rest of the pack. So it's super exciting for the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, so Sebastian Vettel on pole, followed by Kimi Raikkonen. By the way, F1's uh, YouTube channel has a good. Uh, like side by side lap right. um, of Vettel and Raikkonen. And they actually had this cool little graphic that shows them where they pull ahead, like as they're doing the lap. It, it's really cool. So I'll, like I'll link ghost that car in the show style. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they're on Sebastian's on pole, followed by Kimi Raikkonen in second place. And then a half second back is Valtteri Botas in third spot. And then right. uh, Lewis Hamilton in fourth. Max Verstappen got fifth, Ricardo got sixth. Nico Hulkenberg in seventh. Sergio Perez got eighth, followed by Carlos Sainz Jr. and Roman Grosjean rounding out the top 10. Uh, in 11th, Magnussen, followed by Ocon, Alonso, Van Dorn. <laughs> Stuffle Van Dorn's coming in. He's, he's, he's driving. He's, he's driving through my ceiling. He's driving past the Red Bull pit, pit garage right now. You can hear him. This did not happen until we started recording. This is amazing. In all the years we've been doing this, we've never had any. Um, we've never had you in a in a garage before. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah this is great. We're finally, we're moving up. In uh, fifteenth is Brendan Hartley, followed by uh, <laughs> Sergey Sorokin, uh, Pierre Gasly, Lance Stroll, Charles Leclerc, and Marcus Ericsson in last. Who incidentally got a five place grid penalty for failing to slow sufficiently for double waved yellows, but he would have started there anyway. So hmm. that's your grid. Do you want to take us through the beginning of the race, Danny? Sure. Um, nothing happened for 22 laps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like a clean opening ra- uh, lap. Um. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, but basically, like they, they, they started out well. There was a little bit of a give and pull between the Ferraris at the start, but everyone was clean through. Um, and yeah, it was like there, there wasn't all that much going on for the, the first like like 40 minutes at a race, I'd say. Yeah, a couple good sc- scraps between um, Verstappen and Raikkonen, Raikkonen and yeah. Hamilton. That's um, true. Verstappen did say like, what did he say? He said something to Kimmy when he drove past him. It was like, it's like enjoy that son or something. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and then and his engineer came over and was like, all right, all right, calm down. <laughs> Settle down, yeah. Um. Yeah, like nothing until was it the undercut? Was that like the first the start of the cascade here? Uh, the start of the cascade was when Gasly um, was when the two Toro Rosses hit each other when Hartley. Okay, and so hit each other. a little bit before that, um, let's see. Sebastian Vettel was leading, 
By the way, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say this episode was late because of all the editing that I had to do (laughs) on what's happening above me. So sorry about that. Um, But yeah, uh, Sebastian Vettel was out in front, uh, followed by Valtteri Botas and then Kimi Raikkonen in third place. Mm. But Botas pitted before Vettel and did what we call the undercut, where he went out on newer tires and was lapping faster than uh, Vettel was on his old tires, mm. so that when Vettel pitted, he came out behind Valtteri Botas. Right. Uh, and Botas actually, even though Kimi Raikkonen inherited first place and was on uh, old tires, uh, and but like way ahead of Botas because Botas had to pit, Valtteri yeah. still made up all that time and passed Kimi Raikkonen. Uh, on lap 26 or so, uh, yeah, five laps later, and then Kimi Raikkonen immediately pitted there and lost a bunch of positions. I don't know why right. they left him out so long. Yeah, it's, it was when those fresh tires like mattered so much on this track, which is why when Gasly and Harley hit each other, you could almost almost see it as a as a Red Bull insider job, maybe um, because uh, <laughs> for, for, for Verstappen and Ricardo, I think they double stacked them, didn't they? They just went bam, bam. They did, and they actually did that twice. I think they did that for their first stop, uh, and then once that happened and the safety car came out, they did it again. Which is ballsy, considering the year we've had with pit stops. No kidding. So everyone was like super happy that at least at this race there was no catastrophe. Nobody got their leg broke. Nobody had a wheel not put on, nothing like that. Thank God. Uh, Incidentally, the Toro Rosses did crash because of a miscommunication. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, uh, racefans.net has a quote from Hartley here. We swapped position on the first stint. Uh, I was struggling on the ultra soft, so I let him by the exit of turn 14. The second time when we touched, I planned to do the same. My feeling is he must have thought I was opening the door on the entry, which was not the case. Oh. Clearly a miscommunication. I think he thought I was letting him by, but I planned to let him by on the corner exit. Right. So Big shame. Yeah, it seemed yeah. like there's not much room for error on that. Um, end of that straight because they're going so fast that if if they decide it's not like they can just pull out it's not like a slow corner or, or like a, a tight area it's the end of a long straight so once once they've read it wrong it's like too late and you can see it you, they're just like Ugh! and yeah. it wasn't the only time we had a bit of contact down at that part of the the track either very true uh there was some like uh yammering from vettel i think that uh he didn't understand why they brought out the safety car. Um, right. Obviously, this will play into other teams' favors because uh, it'll bunch everybody back up. So all the lead that, like, I think Botas is in front here and then Vettel um, at this point. <clears throat> yeah, and I don't I don't know who it was. It was Magnuson and a couple of others, I feel like, were on the radio saying it. But there was, like, a fairly sizable chunk of, like, someone's wing just hanging out on the edge of that corner. Yeah, and, which, and Charlie Whiting, the, the race director, said after the race, um, quote, we waited until there was a good gap in the traffic. The debris was scattered over a large area, and I wanted to wait until the safety car had got the cars before it, uh, cars behind it before I was prepared to send any marshals out. Um, this, by the way, from racefans.net. Using the virtual safety car instead of the safety car would not give the marshals adequate cover, Whiting added, yeah. quote, I know they're doing... 30% of a real lap, but it's still quite fast. And I'm not sure you can totally trust drivers to do the right thing. Right. I, I also, I, I, I imagine because it was the outside of that turn, just the way it's a straight. So they're not seeing marshals until they're already in their braking period. I imagine it's not like they're driving in a straight and they can see them. 
even if they're on their virtual safety car. They'll have the waved yellows knowing there's something going on, but they might not necessarily know where they're supposed to drive. Like, am I supposed yeah. to go on the inside or the outside? Like, they generally eyeball where the marshals are because the marshals are just trying to pick up whatever, right? But I don't think they could have seen them until until they were in their braking phase. So uh, to me, it's like totally like, why would you? I don't think a virtual safety car would have been at all um, uh, 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 safe enough for that. Um, yeah, so I'm not surprised at all that they, they managed to, they pulled the real safety car for that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Red Bull, as we mentioned, immediately dove into the pits, but Ferrari and Mercedes were already ahead of the pits uh, by that point. Yeah. Um, and we got we got to restart. Uh, there was a good scrap between Grosjean and Alonso. Yeah. Um, back in whatever positions they were in. Uh, Ricardo passed Raikkonen, which was super cool. He has this amazing ability to, I think uh, Brundle called him the last of the late breakers. <laughs> right. So he, he has this ability to come from way. He doesn't look like he should be able to pass this guy on the inside. Uh, but then he waits way way long to hit his brakes and just shoots hmm. down the inside uh, and somehow doesn't doesn't lock up his tires or, or skid off the track yeah uh, but he did that to uh to Raikkonen yeah two laps later he was taking advantage of Verstappen kind of messing up with his desired overtake of Lewis Hamilton he ended up going way off the track yeah then, he, he dipped it onto the grass and just and just lost it I just yeah it didn't look like something that you needed to yeah. to dive for it was early you know? it was it was like a, a lap or two later maybe it's it, it was an odd place to try it and and obviously it totally screwed him as well um could have damaged the car as well undersides of those cars never never fun to do it on especially high speed track you don't want to do anything to your front wing because it'll just totally fuck you on that long straight but danny just flew on past him and then he got past hamilton i think the next lap yeah yeah he uh, also from downtown <laughs> um, and Verstappen the did, same spot the, 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 on the straight I think so yeah. yeah Verstappen did get by Hamilton a few laps later although mm. Hamilton was on old tires um, yeah he wasn't happy he, he asked his engineer why didn't we pit and the engineer said something like because then we would have been behind them <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> um, but yeah the, 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 the safety car kind of messed up their strategy pretty pretty badly yeah, uh, racefans.net also has a, uh, a quote from Toto Wolf uh, regarding the tires. He said, uh, Lewis's tire was a medium with, at that stage, barely 10 laps on. Our calculation predicted that the medium would last until the end, and putting on a new soft, we thought, wouldn't give you such a performance advantage, uh, much more than we expected. So mm. they thought they were good. Turns out, no. Um, but then <laughs> it didn't matter that uh, Verstappen got by Hamilton because... Torpedo. torpedo torpedo is the word i'd use 2.0 yeah he 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 was trying to emulate uh, pierre gasly and, and brandon hartley by by sideswiping somebody and who better to sideswipe than his long-term time friend sebastian vettel um yeah i don't know what he was thinking just totally misjudged it um Vettel obviously didn't leave even if he left a gap he was coming in at such a fucking weird angle to try and do it that he was trying to like almost it's almost like trying to cut somebody off like you do when you're entering like a like a 90 degree turn but not like a 180 degree they're gonna have to drive that way they yeah. have to drive past you so yeah it's like the opposite of what Ricardo was doing which was like getting himself down inside before the apex what Verstappen was attempting to do was do it in the middle of the apex and hope that the other car just drove onto the grass <laughs> right, get around right. him <laughs> um, yeah so 
you know, I think Verstappen was quickly on the radio, uh, sort of complaining a bit, and Vettel came on and was like, I don't think I need to say anything. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Even Martin Brundle was like, oh, no, Max, you don't. Uh. Yeah. But oh. It was it, like ambitious is a drastic overstatement <laughs> like optimistic yeah. it was beyond optimistic that's good spin uh, i like that he just had yeah. too much ambition I was, <laughs> uh yeah but the fallout from that was uh they both spun and to get back on you know the racing line Vettel had like had to spin his tires up right um, and kind of burned him up and then couldn't defend from holkenberg later and Verstappen right. actually earned a 10 second penalty for that uh, after the race, he said it has nothing to do with overly uh, being overly aggressive, maybe just wanting too much. Uh, maybe mm. I should just oversee the situation a little more. And Vettel actually said uh, that Verstappen did apologize. Uh, he said he came straight away and apologized. I think he knows he did a mistake. I don't think he needs uh, many reminders. Right. So, um, yeah. You know, as we were saying, it's I think it's just a, an experience thing. Um, it's, it's a learning experience. So. But yeah, he's still fun Ho- to watch. Hopefully, that's a mistake you only make once. Yeah, uh, Ricardo, however, pretty much the exact opposite of Max Verstappen <laughs> passing people. Um, even he did this amazing pass on. Like he just he put on a clinic this entire race. He yeah. passed Botas. Uh, was it the same? I think the same place yeah. that he's been passing all these people with very little room, but it yeah. was clean and he, he made it stick. So fair he, play to Botas. He gave him the space as well. He yeah. didn't give him space, but he gave him, oh, he gave him the, the minimal amount of width that he could, yeah. um, that he can. Um, and he squeezed in. Yeah. It was an amazing overtake. Um, and then just for fun, uh, Alonso ran Vettel off the road at the <laughs> turn <Yeah>. two. <laughs> um, you could just... Uh, hear it in Vettel's voice uh, he was just so yeah, over fuck, it fuck he this said race. something like I, he can't just run me off the road like that <laughs> it was real bad that whole time is odd I think it was Verstappen had gone what was it 10, 10 seconds um, they were going to add yeah. on to his end time so he was basically trying to push past everyone so that he wouldn't end up behind Vettel again um, and he did overtake Hamilton and I don't I think he ended up being past all of them except Hamilton so he yeah he finished ahead of Hamilton but after the 10 seconds right. was applied to his final time he dropped below Hamilton uh, right okay but, uh, Danny Rick the victor on the day woo so good after um, after the tumultuous uh, race they had in um it wasn't last week, was it? Which was, or the last, was it, no, was it number two? It was the the bad one, it was... That was the, the du- double retirement, right? The double Bahrain? retirement, the first one was Grosjean, was the Haas's, so it was Bahrain was the double retirement, yeah. Yeah. It must have been, so they had a, yeah, a real bad one, but here we go, the Schumeister's back. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, I just, yeah, he, he was very gracious, Thanks, uh, thanked his team for getting him out for qualifying, uh, just... That's, I mean, that's when it's apparent that this is a, that it's a team sport. Uh, right. So I, I, I really, really enjoyed this, this race. Yeah. And, and the double-double, the double-double stack. Oh, right. Yeah. And it's, oh, yeah. And, and no problems with the pits either. I mean, they didn't necessarily have problems. Did they have problems with their pits at all yet? Were they one of the bad boys? I don't, I don't think so. I don't not think they were. year? Yeah. Not so far anyway. So fair play to them. Um, yeah. Great. And also great to see another, you know, not just Ferrari or Mercedes. Um, 
this is great. Like a year or two ago, it got two years, especially we were just Mercedes. It was a like, which Mercedes is going to win. And now we're like three laps into two to three races into this one. We've already had a bunch of winners. So it's super fun. Yeah. Botas in second, Raikkonen in third. So it's not just the Lewis Hamilton, right. uh, Sebastian Vettel show either. No. Uh, Hamilton came in fourth, followed by Verstappen with his penalty. Uh, Hulkenberg held on for sixth, followed by Fernando Alonso in seventh. Sebastian Vettel ended up finishing eighth, uh, followed by Carlos Sainz. Junior and Magnuson rounding out the top 10. Behind them mm. is Ocon, Perez, Van Dorn, Stroll, Sorotkin, Erickson, Grosjean, Gasly, Leclerc, and Hartley. Oh. Uh, so Gasly actually got a, another 10 second time penalty for his for the incident? collision with, yeah, with Hartley. And Hartley incident. retired five laps from the end. Right. So. almost a you know that was a pretty bad crash you could have had a lot more damage happen there so shame he didn't get to the end shame he didn't get to he's a dnf he couldn't even squeeze into like the last couple of laps but I'm sure there's probably no point in it anyway yeah well danny Here from we china from china to baku to baku in europe <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're in Baku for the third time. Second time for the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. It's a crazy weird circuit. Um, there's a castle in one part of it. It's kind <laughs> of doing a Monaco thing by having a bit along the water, but it's like four times longer than the Monaco bit against the water. Um, Baku is a really weird circuit. It's the second longest circuit of the calendar, which is like mental, first of all. Um, especially yeah, when you look at that. it, because... Yeah, it it doesn't look like it. If you look at a map of it, it looks like a small Monaco style, you know, condensed. We're basically driving up the side of a marina and we're then we're whipping ourselves back around to get back to the end of the marina again. Um, but it's super wrong. Right, right hand turns because it's street circuit. You play yeah, absolutely loads of them. Um, one sort of crazy arena section, which is in like the towny towny part, um, and it's generally flat except for between like turns thirteen and sixteen, where it basically goes way uphill and then way downhill again. Um, downhill being the part where like uh, Lewis and Sebastian touched last year, that kind of thing. Uphill being the like super super fast um, when they start to go really fast out, out of turn twelve. Um, but apart from that, it's generally pretty flat. Um, it's got a but. So you're talking about, I think the times are in the sort of 140s, that sort of range. Um, it's also the, the problem with the length is that this is a real fuel management race. So you're getting a lot, a lot of lift and coast throughout the lap. Um, with the new fuel stuff coming in uh, next year, that'll probably um, not be so much of an issue. Um, but then there's also problems on the straight with tailwinds and crosswinds as well. In fact, there's a there's a flag somewhere, I think, on turn 16 or 17 that the... Uh, uh, racers look at um, to see which direction the wind is going to see if it's changing um, because it can have a massive difference uh, if it's hitting them front on or if it's hitting them from the side or if it's hitting them from behind um, which apparently you can do all of the above uh, so the main sort of turns on this one to like keep your eye on the first turn is 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 massive um, it's the straight that they come from is uh, it's not as long as China but it's close to it uh, and they're there's an area right before it of like very high speed, uh, like 
low angled like little camber corners so they're coming into it with a decent amount of speed as well um they tend to do a lot of lifting coasting down on turn one but certainly for the first couple of laps while everyone's bunched up this is crazy um spot for overtaking and for crashes for two reasons one the outside of turn one when you're going when it straightens up it actually tightens so there's way there's less space i think they can, i think think it can take like maybe four or five cards wide on the straight but by the time you're getting around they lose a car or lose the, they lose enough of a car that you can't do that. The other problem is that there's a big runoff area at the end of turn one, which is super tight. It like, it's, it's really long if you miss the in qualifying and you just want to like slam on your brakes, you can go into it. It's a little area. But if you're taking the turn, it's not like Baku where you can just keep driving on the runoff and like re-engage onto the track. It basically cuts off. So it shoots people back onto the track from there. So for, so for, the, for the first couple of laps, especially the first lap, it's a little bit dodgy. If you're getting like uh, overtakes or if you're getting three cars, if you're having an incident like we had a bunch of um, with Hamilton overtaking three cars in one go, if you're having three of them going into turn one, usually someone's going to get the short end of the stick on that because either they're going to get pushed out or the tightening of the track's going to fuck them up. So turn one is like super, super, super interesting. Um, turn two and three are, and four are just like boring right-handers. The next interesting area, not for so much for overtaking, but just for the technical aspect, is that whole part between turn seven and 12, um, which is a very interesting, Sting, like slightly uphill higgledy piggledy like we didn't build the track this way this street was built in like two millennia ago <laughs> so this is the way the street has to go and um, this is the part that goes up near the the castle um side you see as well uh n- hardly any runoff in this area very tight turns um uphill so they they have their eyes on the apexes but difficult for them to see who's behind them um it's a fun little because sort of interesting spot that uh, apparently the drivers have to be like super, super switched on for that. And then the last part is probably the turn 15, 16 area. Um, we saw this be a massive issue uh, last year when it came to safety cars. We're, we're, we're in the like 99% chance of safety car sort of world <laughs> when it comes to Baku, um, not just because of the, the, the issues with, with there not being much runoff in parts of the track, but also, same as Monaco, when a car crashes in a street circuit like this, it's really, really difficult for them to just... It, it usually ends up somewhere in the track, so they have to pull a safety car. Um, the interesting thing about turn 15 and 16 is going back to what I was talking about with the sort of that warm-up spot going onto the straight. When the safety car comes out, and we saw this with Lewis and, and Sebastian last year, we always have that thing where the the driver decides to sit back, right? The safety car is going in this lap, so they're sitting back, they're sitting back, and they're waiting for their time to sort of go. What happens here is that it's so important to get good push out of turn 15, 16, because they're basically getting up to almost top speed. And once they clear turn 19, they're gone. So if you're not going out of that super fast at the start, it's the same, we've talked about this a lot of times, if you're not carrying enough speed at the start, you won't carry enough speed at the end of when you, when you, essentially when you get to like your, your top of your revs, because you're, you're going to start missing out on whoever was fastest uh, right before you. So that whole area there is where basically Lewis bunched up everyone and kept them there and kept them there. And that's what pissed off Sebastian and had him ramming into him for no reason. So that whole part of the track there is super interesting for that not just because of when there's a safety car and they need to have that launch sort of launch party as it were uh going down the start of straight but also because if somebody fucks up here they're going to get overtaken on turn one if somebody messes up on turn 15 or 16 and they're they're struggling a bit because it's also downhill so there's an interesting sort of problem when it comes to braking on turn 15 if they lose a second or they lose, they lose like 
two tenths of a second in the braking spot on turn 15 they're going to get got by the time they hit turn one so that in, that part is really interesting not because of what happens there but because what it eventually happens when you get down to the end of the the start finish straight so that's kind of the three main spots that arena section in the middle turn one and then the ending of the lap down by that windsock um uh they're sort of the main flashpoints and then generally around there there's a lot of just like daniel Ricardo type 90 degree turns where you can throw yourself down the inside and try and overtake uh generally though if the overtaking is good this year on turn one we'll see most people trying to just wait to do it then yeah because it is at the end of that big old long straight so it'd be all about timing and and car control uh right yeah that's i'm the first european grand prix uh, was not very exciting. I don't remember anything about it, yes. but last year's was one of the best races I have ever seen. So yeah. <laughs> uh, if this lands even somewhere in the middle, I think I'll be happy. Yeah, I wonder what happened in the difference. Like maybe the last week's race is a good example of sometimes you just need a catalyst yeah. for to, for interesting thing, things to happen, right? And you'd, like that first year, I imagine everyone was very um, conservative because it's a fucking crazy circuit it's like so much wall and it's long and it feels a problem yada 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 so i wonder if last year maybe there was just one or two things that were enough of a thing to get people out of their comfort zone that it just created that domino effect that we love so much um but yeah the first and second half of last week's race are a really good example of just how any race in f1 can be totally boring and also how every race in f1 can be incredibly exciting um just when madness sort of happens or one thing can sort of change the the camber of a race well speaking of things that can change the race danny let's go to <gasps> the weather in baku weather. baku weather watch weather watch <laughs> uh we're looking at 74 degrees fahrenheit or 23 degrees if you're nasty for qualifying Hot. day <laughs> uh precip none we got we got no precip over the weekend all right um but uh it looks like Race day will be even colder. Um, looking about 64 and 17 for race day. Okay. Cloudy skies, not a lot of uh, uh, sun going on here. But yeah, wind, though, is the big one. We right. are looking at about 14 miles an hour or 23 kilometers an hour uh, on on qualifying day. Whereas on race day, 30 miles an hour or 47 really? kilometers an hour. Yeah. Do we have any idea what it was last year? I don't. That seems like a lot. 30 yes. mile an hour winds is like you're hearing the trees hitting your house at night. Like that's, yeah. that's like, that's no joke. I guess that's a problem with being on that marina. It must just be a, a thing there. It's probably great when you live there because it's cooling everyone. But yeah, crazy. Uh, they'll be looking at that, looking at that flag. There's yes. flags everywhere. Um, one of the things I love about the circuit as well, remember that first year where you saw people out on their balconies, just uh-huh. like hanging out in that little area? What a cool, like if you just had a house down there and they decided they're doing the F1 past your house, that'd be, unless you had like a newborn child or something and it's a total fucking nightmare for like four or five days. But <laughs> that's so cool. It's it, like, it's even cooler than Monaco because the Monaco streets are like not, like the houses aren't like on the street like that. But in Baku, it's like, it's like, so it's weird. It's like they're driving yeah. through a, it's set of an Indiana Jones movie or something. <laughs> I'll bet those Airbnbs are going for a pretty oh, penny. Actually, now that you now that you mentioned that, yep, nobody who lives in Baku who cares about racing is there that week. No, 
Nope. Uh, Pirelli's okay. Baku preview on tire tire watch tire watch 2018. Tire, we got, tire watch. We got uh, soft tires, super soft tires, and ultra soft tires. Um, kind of surprised they're not going for the uh, the pinkies. What do, what do we what do we called? What, what do we call them? Mega soft. Mega uh, <laughs> extra very soft. Um, because we got low ultra no low asphalt. Grip and abrasion, uh, and yeah. lateral force. Um, they had crazy low problems. Downforce and uh, low tire stress. Yes, it's nuts. They had crazy problems that first year. What was it? Was it, there was like the nuts that they? Uh, I remember like a couple of drivers like they their tires got shredded because there was like the I think it was on like the rumble strips or something. There was like nuts hanging up. Oh, I and think it, you're was, right. it was it was it was I think it was that first year there was a bunch of problems um, with that. Um, I'm on an Airbnb. I'm looking at Baku. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to, I'm going to go from, what do we say? We'll say Thursday until the Monday. Okay. Downtown Baku. Let's see. I can kind of see where the race track, the racetrack's kind of there ish. I think it's not that expensive. It's like a hundred dollars a night. It's probably like, it's probably, <laughs> probably, probably maybe, over there. Maybe I mean, you're, you're looking at the ones that aren't filled, right? <laughs> That's okay. That's a good point. So they're not the best ones, is what you're selling me. Yeah. Baku Street Circuit. It's right there. It's by the park. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's not that bad. 100, 150 quid. Like right on it there. You got Old City, Formula One View. Here we go. Formula One View. Although <laughs> the, pic, the, the picture is of a television. So I'm hoping that they're not just saying <laughs> they've, got, <laughs> they've got sky. <laughs> <laughs> Two bedrooms, four guests. This apartment is located in the heart of the city within walking distance of the Old Town Boulevard, Fountain Square. Many cafes are around the corner from the place. This apartment is on the third floor with a beautiful architectural building. Balcony with views of the Formula One circuit. If I was to book it, it's $70 a night, Drew. Huh. We, we need to go to uh-huh. the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. <laughs> <Right. laughs> there you go. All right, next year, let's do it. Yeah, let's let's put our names down. Oh my god. I'm gonna just check for like a weekend any other time of the year. Let's just go middle of June. Seventy dollars a night. The people in Baku are are cool folks. They're not scalping <laughs> anyone. They're not they're not that's great. That's not panic. That's wonderful. Fair play. Stay to the news, Danny. What do you say? Let's do it. Uh, news we got, around the world. <laughs> we got more uh twenty twenty one fallout. From the, uh, I guess not fallout, but repercussions or, or more right. details, I guess, from Liberty Media's plans for the changes of Formula One uh, that will take place in the year 2021. Ooh. Um, for Wipe for one, as, as you previously mentioned, uh, the uh, fuel flow limit will mm. be eliminated. There will be no more limit anymore, um, which doesn't seem like a big thing, but that it has a lot of uh, like a, a lot of cascade effects. So um, this from race fans, uh, F1's 2021 engine regulations include an increased rev limit, which will rise right. from 15,000 RPM to 18,000 RPM. Uh, the fuel flow rate, which I imagine is being increased because of this rev limit, uh, which is in being increased, I imagine, because people complain about the noise. Um, 
is currently limited to 100 kilograms per hour, uh, but will be removed in 2021. So these two changes are likely to lead to significant increase in the race, uh, the race start weight of F1 cars. They could have to carry as much as 50 kilograms more fuel, meaning they will start races weighing over 960 kilograms Mm -hmm. unless in race refueling, which has been banned since 2010, is permitted again. There you go. So uh, I I've often thought like what number one, what? would refueling i never watched during the refueling era so i don't know right. what impacts that would have and and would i want to see it i think i would at least want to try it because i feel like the more the more considerations you have uh when you're pitting the interest the more interesting strategy becomes right yeah. like we currently do this in indycar in nascar um and that's a you know managing fuel is is a big deal they do have to do it in formula one but it's not like it's basically get the car to the end, you know? Yeah, everyone's on an even peg in playing field. Everyone's generally this the same weight based on fuel anyway, the same fuel weight at the end. And like most of the time by the end of the race, or sorry, at the start, and most of the time by the end of the race, they've gotten it down to about as low as they can have it, right? So yeah. there's no variability. Whereas back in, the, back in the day, there was a lot more of that. And you could have strategies where... You know, they had, they had laws against some of this stuff, but like, you know, having having lower fuel rates at different times was a massive benefit to them. Um, there wasn't like so much crazy variability uh, in many ways because you sort of just had to refuel when you got your tires done. It wasn't like you could just refuel at any stage and, and mess around with it. Um, I don't remember what, was it danger? I feel like in the back of my mind's eye, I remember it was danger problems, danger issues. And probably that with the whole hybrid era thing was the reason why they they stopped doing the refueling. Um, it wasn't like there was a fire every week, but there was a couple of incidents I do remember with those hoses. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I would like there to be variability in competition, maybe without having to delve back into the fuel thing, if we could do that. Well, uh, one more thing that Liberty Media is trying to do on that Ooh. regard is uh, thinking about eliminating uh, mission control rooms, a.k.a. virtual garages or operation centers, which are wow. used by some teams. Um, so you basically have your your mission control in the UK where your uh, team is based and your factory is and everything um, that then has like a fiber link to wherever you are. <laughs> on the racetrack so that you can get around uh the staffing restrictions that teams face uh at tracks during race weekends yeah. um this from racefans.net the number of staff they can have working on their cars is limited and a curfew is enforced on their working hours at the tracks so liberty media wants to get rid of these mission control rooms to reduce teams cost uh improve the quality of racing and increase the importance of drivers uh, over at engineers i guess i should have uh, mentioned that they basically what these people are doing are just crunching numbers yeah. uh, and then calling in and saying you you should probably pit now or if there's a safety car you need to pit now uh but i guess the thinking is that if if you had to concentrate all of your brain power uh on the track then it would level the playing field a lot more um and uh make things more of a more of a human decision i guess right instead of just I, like I think this so. this magical offsite yeah <laughs> Magical offside. There's never been such a thing as a magical offside. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 I've always wondered about that. Like, what the what's what are we talking about in terms of like the difference between you know McLaren and you know Haas or Red Bull or 
Mercedes or any of the big teams and or any of these like teams with these big sort of engineering departments um, and some of the smaller teams. Because you have to imagine like, well, most of the, a lot of those decisions, like the engineer is clearly doing a lot of work and they can't crunch numbers while they're doing all the different types of work as well. But a lot of those telemetry decisions um, or yeah, the, the pit stuff and, and the deeper sort of strategy stuff is coming from those crews. So it like, it, it's a little bit like having Wikipedia during the exam, you know, <laughs> yeah. like it's, it's, it's a, AI, it's a it's a very clear advantage that obviously they do for a reason. So if not everyone has it, you know, maybe it's the argument that like if all the top teams have it and they're fighting each other, then like, sure, it's fine. Like no one cares because it's not like Ferrari and Haas are going toe to toe and maybe that's not so much of an issue. But um, yeah, I'd be interested in 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 as long as again it's the other problem of like people losing jobs as well right where you're like you know these people yeah. most of them are engineers during the week or during the off season and doing all that sort of stuff is the weekend is that whole thing you know maybe just race day they're not allowed to do it or during the race or i don't know it would be interesting to see what the difference i'd love to i'd love to have someone smarter than me break down how much of an advantage it actually is um yes. and how much help they give them and then next to that how much it costs you're right, yeah. You know, like we've been talking about cost forever in Formula One and Liberty actually seems to be taking some big steps uh, right. to to reduce that stuff. And yeah, I imagine this stuff is very not popular, very unpopular with some of the larger teams as well. Just that whole idea of like cutting off half their half their crew for the, for the race, especially, um, make a massive difference. But so often we see, you know, what could be some interesting competition, you know, sort of didn't happen because somebody pitted at the right time at the right second. And maybe if they didn't, it would be that catalyst again. Um, so hard to tell. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we I think we've discussed in the past the the salt that is surrounding uh, the Haas team because uh, people claim that they're basically uh, a copy of last year's Ferrari. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, Formula1.com actually has a, a good interview with uh, Gene Haas, the Gene very House. the very man who runs America's team. Uh, he says, uh, let's see, I'll just read from the article here. Haas told Formula1.com during a pre-breakfast chat in the Haas hospitality unit. <laughs> Wait, I said that <laughs> wrong, but they should totally call it the hospitality oh unit. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, he Stump says, stumbled uh, onto gold. He he says it hurts when he hears those comments. Quote, we're doing when we're doing badly, people will say that we're just uh, another stupid American team. And when we're right. doing well, it's the Ferrari team. That's not yeah. giving credit to the guys who work here. If you look at our car or anybody else's car, our car is significantly different. Our radiator layout is different. The way our barge boards work is completely different. Those things are definitely not copied from anybody. They're all designed in house. Gunther Steiner in, in, and in, in Haas. They're all designed in house. Uh, Gunther Steiner, the team principal at Haas, uh, is an ex-rally man who has F1 experience with Jaguar and Red Bull, gives such talk from rivals short shrift. Quote, it's because no one expects a new team to come in and perform the way we are. It's new and you need to critique it. It's the best way to justify your own failures. Yep. I 100% agree. I, I like, even if it wasn't Haas, whoever it was, I just think it's, it's super petty. It's like... Yep. As somebody who does not support an F1 team, like, I, I I hate this shit. Like, that's just not, like, be happy for their success, if anything. Like, I think it's wonderful. Yeah. 
moving on. Martin Brundle is not going to be at Azerbaijan or Sochi oh. or Suzuka. So I don't I don't know what what that's about. But uh, if you hear a different voice on the Sky slash ESPN feed, that's what that's about. He did um, have health problems last year. Remember what it is? He had a did he have a heart attack or a stroke or something last year? What was it? Something um, of that nature. Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully, it's nothing to do with his with his health. And if it is, then you know. Well, he he said send him the best. Sochi and Suzuka, which are in uh, September thirtieth and October sixth. So if he's planned that far oh, in yeah. advance, maybe he's got something. Maybe he's taking a vacation. Yeah, maybe he's just chilling out. He's like twenty races, twenty one races. Come on, guys, you're killing me here. Yeah, and maybe he's even in Europe. Yeah. Um, and last bit of news we got here. Uh, Formula One officially launched a fantasy league. Oh, yeah. A fantasy, fantasy Formula One. You can you can do that now. Uh, I set up a team. It's, I also set up a team. It's kind of weird. You get a budget of $100 million, and then you can draft five drivers and a team because uh, every, every driver has some assigned monetary value. Uh, so you yes. can't just stack it with Mercedes and Ferraris. Um, and then you pick a turbo driver who I think gets double points on the weekend. Yeah. And then you can, then you change yeah, it, it out per weekend. I think that's how but it works. Can, but can you pick every, can you pick a different, like it only wouldn't, it's only allowing me one part. It only lets me pick Grosjean as the turbo. It wouldn't let me pick anyone else. Oh, <laughs> really? Being, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Every time I try and do it, it's oh, like. Oh, you cannot select a driver with a price higher than 19 million. Okay. There you go. That's because that, they I get double points. Weird... So you couldn't get yeah. double points to Lewis Hamilton. You just blow everybody out of the water. Right. Uh, huh. <laughs> yeah. So if you would like to join us in our, it's free. Um, there's like, it's kind of confusing. There's two different fantasy leagues. They're both affiliated with formula one. There's one, this is the, I forget. I don't even know how to differentiate them, but there's one that's on a separate website called play on. This one is powered by play on. Just go to <laughs> fantasy.formula1.com sign up. It's free. And then use our uh, invite code to the official shift F one league, which is, I'm going to say it here, but I'm also going to put it in the show notes. Okay. Um, it's zero lowercase i they're all lowercase zero b six two f e is that a lowercase six yes lowercase six <laughs> i'm in it i'm having a great time in it um <laughs> i've already had a bunch of people tweeting me their teams and i've changed my team to their teams because they've had much better teams than mine okay what do you so, got what do you what are you rocking with right now so I, I had I had I changed I had to change my drive. Shout out to John Kissinger for sending me this amazing team because I've basically copied it. I was I was <laughs> I was almost the same except I didn't. I had I had a different driver for Magnussen who's in now because I had Red Bull instead of Ferrari and I realized oh I can actually I can actually squeeze someone else out there. Um, so what I've got is Ferrari as my team. I was thinking the optimist in me wanted to put Red Bull in, but I think Ferrari is a bit is a better bet. Um, because Ferrari, it does cost seven million more, but I think it's that's a good, not bad bet. I've got Vettel, I've got Ricardo, and then in my sort of like second string, I've got uh, Grosjean, K Mag, and Signs. Okay. So it's all like consistent point scores, consistent yeah. Q3ers. I feel pretty good about that. Okay. Uh, I've got I, I, maybe similar, but a little different strategy. I've got Vettel and Botas as like the anchors. Um, okay, nice. Uh, and then my uh, my back row is Verstappen, uh, Alonso, 
and Magnuson. I wanted to get Alonzo. He's got a good price on his head. And that, yeah, he's only 11 and a half million. Mm. uh, And he is my turbo driver. Oh, that's good. So he'll get, he'll get double points wherever he comes. And then my team is Haas, which is super cheap at 5.5 million. I was wondering how you got all these great drivers. Yep. Jeez, that's not a bad idea because if they get double points, then you're laughing anyway. I wonder if there's much of a... Yeah, I wonder how they do the breakdown for the constructor then because they obviously don't, don't give you all the points of also the drivers, do they? I'm, Haas I'm, is the second cheapest team. Sauber twice. is 5 million. Haas is 5.5. <laughs> and then Tororoso's 7.8. This is a steal. I'm going to win. Yeah, that is a steal. They have to rejigger those things do we get them to choose our um uh i can rename my team which is good because i did this under duress before the podcast started <laughs> and all i could come up with was danny Speedmasters. so i'll have to call them the pastor maldonados or some pa- pa- <laughs> pastor pastor oh, oh that's great um uh, or the hospitality <laughs> that should be that should be your team <laughs> uh, i'm going with i'm going with um dreska racing Okay. Because uh, one year, gosh, this was years ago, but uh, um, BuzzClick on Twitter, okay, aka yes. Cal, who incidentally designed the Shift F1 podcast logo, yes. um, has a thing for the video game Wipeout, specifically I its logos that. that all the teams have. Oh, so good. And every every few years, he, he gets the itch and redesigns uh, a bunch of logos to, to look like Wipeout logos and he made yeah. one for each of the uh editors at giant bomb and uh my my team was was dreska the first three letters of my first and last name and it looks super sweet that's um, rad so it's I'm, almost I'm a shame that i'll let you upload a logo or something because yeah. then you have the badassest logo of the lot and i've decided to rename my team the hospitality suite <laughs> <laughs> So, but I, I sort of make make it very clear to everyone that this was Drew's joke, and I'm stealing it because please, he's not he's, he doesn't want to use it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Does that mean you have to have uh, uh, some representative from Haas each time? Fuck, you know what? You know what? I think I think I might. I think you're right. I think it doesn't. <laughs> it's not in the uh, the spirit. Of of the uh, of of if I don't, but I, I do. Mean, oh, I actually cheap, both man. of them. I've got both of them. I forgot. I've got Magnuson as well. So yeah. I've got both of them. So fucking, we're in. This is the hospitality street, baby. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, and uh, puns are a a long and storied tradition of fantasy leagues. Yes, apps and of Shift F one. True. Like Alt F one, Shift F one. We've been doing this for a while. Also, hello to all of our new listeners. We're on the new and noteworthy on iTunes. You noticed? Did you see that? Yes, that was really, it was awesome. Thank you for uh, Randy for sending that along on Twitter. That's right. And I was, uh, because I was uploading a bunch of, I was doing a bunch of jiggery pokery with my noclip stuff. um, And I was just on iTunes on my randomly on my own thing. And I saw us kept, we kept popping up on different stuff, which was really cool. Um, Also, apologies to everyone who got a random noclip interview. If you were... (laughs) If you if your RSS feeder hit the server for the I think it was two minutes fifty seconds that uh, I had a a episode up I logged into the wrong account on our Libsyn thing and uploaded to the wrong RSS so I deleted it automatically straight away so, but apologies to everyone else if they they got a weird interview with like some game developers from GDC of last year so my bad uh, all right <clears throat> well from that. 
on to the section that I have come to call dumb. Dumb? Dumb. D-U-M-B. Dumb? Dumb. Uh, which is just basically uh, Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Dumb.com. I've been yeah. there. Um, the, the one that really made me laugh this week was uh, it's, <laughs> it's a picture of Max Verstappen pulling his face off like he's wearing a mask. <laughs> And underneath like the, is Danny like Kofiat, who oh no people who um, people oh who have no. been watching since uh, was it last year, two years, last year, two years ago, whatever. Uh, Kofiat was at Ro- Ro- yeah, Ro- yeah, it was, was, at, I think it was last year. I think it was last year. He was at Red Bull, uh, and then it, it seemed like the last straw was him torpedoing Sebastian Vettel uh, in a race, right? And so everyone on Twitter or on Reddit. Is claiming that uh, it's really just Kafiat in disguise. It's a, it's a great it's a great picture because they're both wearing sunglasses. Uh, I will I will link that as well. Uh, uh, there is a there's a very unfortunate graph going around with uh, the amount. Is it the percentage of races ended by crashes that you started yourself? Uh, is that let's what it was? See. It is. <laughs> um, I re- I retweeted it from the Shift F1 podcast account. Thomas uh, sent it in. And it's a BBC graphic percentage of own races ended by collisions or spins. <laughs> Ricardo's got a little bit. Verstappen's got 10. Pastor Maldonado has 15. Yeah, 15. It's almost yep. a whole season. <laughs> he's yeah. almost complete. He's almost completed a sticker book. <laughs> every, every crash, every circuit. <laughs> oh, what a shame. Uh, uh, continuing on in dumb. Uh, the Formula One official Twitter account tweeted uh, these cool graphics of Sebastian Vettel and Kimi Raikkonen steering wheels. And there's a there's a Ooh. little button on the back, a paddle um, that Vettel has, but Raikkonen doesn't. So uh, Formula One's Twitter says, Seb's got one more paddle than Kimi. What could it be for? And then Guido Vandergaard, who is <laughs> a racing driver. Um, he was in F1, right? I think he was Guido before my time. I- don't yeah. know. Yeah, he drove for Caterham in 2013, joined Sauber oh. as a reserve driver. Um, nice. <laughs> he commented and just said, blue flag. Ah, <laughs> jeez. Hey, uh, and then finally, this is not dumb. I just thought it was cool, but it's from Reddit. Um, inside the medical car, it's a picture, just looks like through the glass um, of the the swanky Mercedes that they use as the medical car. Right. <clears throat> um, there's zero medical things in it it looks like maybe they're all in the trunk but there are some sweet like james bond style red buttons oh really and knobs. They, does it say what they do no does one of them the ejector seats <laughs> they're both just blank which is i think even cooler oh look at that god yeah there's something very strange about unmonitored like untagged on what's the word why why is english such a difficult language unlabeled Unlabeled, thank you, Drew Scanlon. Unlabeled buttons. Freaks me out. Look at the size of that center console. Is that an automatic car then as well? It probably has paddle shifters, right? It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. I love it. Look at all these fancy cars. God, I love the inside of fancy cars. <laughs> uh, and I'm not going to go into this tire, or this tire, this uh, article, because it's kind of long, but uh, racefans.net has a uh, an interview with Brendan Hartley, uh, who basically compares Formula One and the World Endurance Championship in terms of what mm. it's like to race on. So um, 
I thought that was pretty cool. It's basically, he says the biggest difference is still the tire. It's completely right. a different beast to get the most out of more sensitive, more tricky to get everything together. Cause they're very sensitive. Uh, and he's got another, uh, or a couple other, um, and differences there. So I will link that in the show notes also. Excellente. Driver standings, Danny. We got Sebastian Vettel on top, 54 points. Lewis Hamilton not far behind with 45. Botas with 40. Danny Rick, 37. How Very close. That? Yeah, super close. Uh, Kimi early, in, but close. Early. Uh, Kimi's got 30 in fifth place. Fernando Alonso and Nico Hulkenberg are tied at 22. Behind him, Max Verstappen with 18. Pierre Gasly has 12 points. Kevin Magnussen in 10th spot with 11 points, followed by Van Dorn with 6. Sainz with 3. Marcus Erickson has 2. And Esteban Ocon has one. Perez, Leclerc, Grosjean, Stroll, Sorotkin, and Hartley all have zero points. Constructors, Mercedes with 85, Ferrari with 84. I know, right? Red Bull's Mm. got 55, McLaren has 28, Renault has 25, Scuderia Toro Rosso with 12. Gene Haas and team (laughs) have 11. Sauber's got two, Force India has one, and Williams has zero. Hmm. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention, uh, f- there's a reason that Force India is struggling. Um, this is from Toby oh. Grüner of Automoto und Sport. Uh, he is a Formula One reporter. He says Force India found out why the rear doesn't produce the expected downforce levels. The oh, airflow right. around the reshaped side pods does not match with the wind tunnel wow. and s- computational fluid dynamics simulations. How about that? Uh, Someone's so- getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think in uh, a separate article from racefans.net, Force India explained that basically this is not a not something that they could detect at smaller scale. It's a like a full right. size problem, I think they called it. Uh, right. But they are developing a new front wing, which has run in practice in Bahrain, but hasn't been raced yet. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, Gruner responds to a Twitter user um, saying there won't be a solution before Barcelona. So, okay. Uh, not an easy fix. Barcelona no. is May 13th. Yeah. A little bit while away. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder, maybe I, I forgot that sometimes when they're doing the computational fluid dynamics stuff and they're setting up those models, it's not the full car sometimes, or when they're doing the aero tunnel stuff, like sometimes it's a full car, but sometimes they just use like models. Yeah. So maybe I wonder if it's something that they, if they, they couldn't, they said they couldn't replicate it at full scale. It wasn't the same thing. So, might just be one of and those things. Worth noting about the the fluid dynamics um, that the computer simulations that they use are restricted. Like you, you, I think they give them like a certain number of gigaflops or something that they You're can kidding. use. Oh my god! Yeah, you can only use like a six forty by four eighty monitor and <laughs> right. fourteen megs of RAM. Yeah, we got these Voodoo twos <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah, uh, sh- should we take it around the world, Danny? I think we should race around the world. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. The World Rally Championship is in Argentina. That's in the world. It is for the YPF Rally Argentina. YPF. Uh, I'm YPF. Are you YPF? <laughs> so PF. Uh, <laughs> Formula 2 will be supporting Formula 1 in Baku. Baku. Uh, Formula E, Danny, is in Paris. For the Ooh, Paris, Paris. Paris. Uh, I, you know what? I, for some reason, have really fallen off Formula E. I think because totally. they they block it on YouTube. They're more like more draconian with their blocking on YouTube oh, nowadays. Really? Like I've tried to watch races uh, within a certain window of it airing, 
And it's just, why don't I just want them to air it live, have the archive go up and have me be able to watch the archive yes. the day after, you know, but they don't do that. So it's really, it makes it really difficult to watch. Yeah. I'm not uh, which a, is a shame. That's a shame between that and I have that and MotoGP. I have such a fucking crazy backlog already. I need to start diving into that stuff. Yeah. Uh, the NHRA is in Charlotte at the Z-Max Dragway. Dragway. Dragway for the four wide nationals. Ooh. That's how wide our cars get here. Four. Never five. It's too wide. Danny. Yes, Drew. We're at the Talladega Super oh Speedway. Oh, my God. The big The one. hallowed grounds under the lights for the... <laughs> Geico 500. 500 Geico's. Five, maybe five, 500 of those little lizards. Yep. Running around. Cars running them over. Watch out, Gex. C- Cavemen will be there. <laughs> uh, and that's it. That's all the racing around the world. That's all the racing, except Danny for Formula One. Oh. Which I almost forgot. <laughs> First practice is uh, Friday. Friday, Friday, uh, Friday. Friday, April 27th at 2 a.m. Pacific time, followed by second practice at 6 a.m. Pacific time. It's oh, a lot of third, a.m.s. Third practice is on Saturday at April 20 or at uh, uh, 3 a.m., followed by qualifying Ooh. at 6 a.m. on Saturday. Oh, and boy. the race, Danny. Oh, no. Sunday, April 29th at 5.10 a.m. What? Yeah. The last one was too. I don't know what that is about. I'm the only thing I could think of is if morning prayer is on at five or something. I mean, it wasn't that way. They, Wait, I think all of them have been at ten. Have they? And all of this them year? will be at ten. Yeah, that's like the thing now. Yeah, that's weird. There you go. Is that wait? Is that Pacific time? Pacific time. Yeah. Pacific time. Cool. So you're good. Awesome. You're you're eight o'clock. Eight a.m. Baby. Eight ten. I'll just swan out of bed, have a bowl of life cereal, and sit down with my friend Formula One. <laughs> um, should we take you some emails, Danny? Sure, I got some emails. I got this is a this is a weird week for emails, mostly because a lot of the emails, a lot of emails that I'm not going to read out, were just people linking me to YouTube things. It was like four or five different emails of people linking. Uh, first of all, somebody came across um, the uh, Kimi Raikkonen in was it Camping World Truck or whatever it was yeah. the NASCAR thing that he did. So they were just super jazzed about that. Um, someone else sent me a bunch of links to uh, um, uh, Rubens Barrichello being interviewed or interviewing um, Massa. I think at the end of last season, but also had this whole um, interesting paragraph. I won't read it out now. Thanks for sending it in um, about how boring Nico Rosberg's YouTube channel is, which <laughs> just, I, I mean, that was the crux of it. So just, if you want to go check out Nico Rosberg, God bless him. Like he is, he, he kind of, he's like when you're playing Fallout and like your, your dweller has like no, the charisma special is just down to zero. <laughs> like the poor guy. He just tries. So he doesn't, it doesn't work like when he's hosting it himself at all. Yeah. He's like vlogging. Uh, Yeah. It's totally. Yeah. And it's like the driest vlogs. It it really is. But it's, it is an unfiltered F1 driver saying his uh, opinions about other drivers. So that's interesting. He he has some, I think he recently said some stuff about Verstappen. Uh, Yeah. Right. So if you can stay awake. Yeah. It's interesting stuff. All right. We'll link Um, that as well. Well, you got some other ones. Uh, Alex Johnson uh, says, did you guys realize that everyone's favorite team owner, Gene House, is a convicted felon? What? Yeah. 
tax evasion in the mid-2000s, and I think he did time. I'm going to go to the, the Wikipedia page here. It says, uh, on the morning of June 9th, 2006, Haas was arrested by IRS agents for having uh, for investigation of filing false tax returns, witness intimidation, and conspiracy. Four others were indicted together with Haas, all of whom pleaded guilty. Just before Haas's case was going to trial, a plea agreement was reached with him, uh, whereby he would plead guilty to felony conspiracy to commit tax evasion. He was sentenced to two years in prison and ordered to pay $75 million in restitution. Haas was incarcerated between January 2008 and was released on probation May the following year after serving 16 months of his two-year sentence. Whoa! Gene Haas had done time! <laughs> Right? And we thought Force India was where all the illegal shit was going on. <laughs> Who knew? F1 is, uh, is full of illegal activity all over the place. Uh, speaking of which, have you heard about Scott Speed getting banned from iRacing? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> this one came in from Scott, uh, Scott uh, Runcomen. Run- 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 uh, love the shows, love the jokes, and most of all, I love Drew's NASCAR voice. Uh, I saw this a few months ago, and now that the podcast is back, hooray, I thought it was worth passing on. Um, it's a link to a Polygon article I'll read in a second. Scott Speed, a former F1 driver for Toro Rosso, got banned from iRacing for deliberately crashing into opponents. He went on to rage quit so much he sold his iRacing simulator setup. Perhaps Pastor Maldonado should buy it and practice his crashing skills before the World Endurance Championship uh, debut. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send over the link to the, uh, the Polygon article here, um, which says, a former race driving on top levels of stock car and open motorsport has been suspended by iRacing, the ultra-realistic racing series for PC, over an incident where he tried to intentionally wreck other drivers. Scott Speed, who is uh, who in 2006 was the first American driver to compete in Formula 1 in 13 years, confirmed to the drive that iRacing has suspended his account. The sanction follows a week in which Speed was captured on a live stream uh, pursuing and trying to wreck a fellow racer. <laughs> and it links to, I think this might be a Twitch TV clip of him uh, essentially hunting somebody down and then just like ramming them off the off the course. Uh, beautiful. I love yeah. that. I, I think wor- worth mentioning is that iRacing is really um really strict about that stuff like there's a whole right. system like if you t- if you touch another car uh in a race um and it, it's very clear like you are in a race now things matter right. like there's practice where if you hit the wall nothing nothing matters but if you like touch another player that's like a micro point on your license right it's all right. very they keep track of everything and so people are very very careful on i racing and it contributes to like a very unique uh, racing environment in a video game that I have never right. seen anywhere else. It's, it kind of reminds me of, I used to play a lot of America's Army and like every yes. single thing you did in that like would go to your rules of engagement rating. Uh, right. And so it was basically like a, a, a cheating measure, right? Right. Which like match you with people that, and there's, was it is it true skill? Is that the like hidden number behind xbox live right yes something like that i remember true skill being a thing like they'll they'll match you like if you're good they'll match you with people that are also like you so it's iRacing's a lot like that like they'll put you i think they'll put you with like if you're bad they'll put you with the other bad people right and um, i think like america's army because in america's army you had to like complete the sniper training to be a sniper i think in iRacing yeah. it's similar right there are like uh, um like permits or what do you call them like driver's licenses and stuff like that or different like you have to be of a certain quality to go in certain competitions and stuff like that i think you may be right like i couldn't just enter a a, a formula a race or whatever it's right. called um because i would have to work my way up you can drive all the cars in like practice and stuff but like official yeah, races you it's can't a video game do. 
But yeah, yeah the, 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 the body around it. It's pretty cool. racing's cool. Yeah, it's a whole weird thing. I remember watching videos of, I think it was you and Vinny, was it? Doing stuff on that with the track IR oh yeah probably all that madness yeah it was crazy um, and then last one here comes from John Crofts uh, which is about last week's race uh, does F1 need harsher penalties uh, while I greatly enjoyed this weekend's race I can't help but be bothered by the fact that Verstappen and Gasly only got 10 second penalties for causing crashes with other drivers and even after the penalty they both finished ahead of the person they collided with do you think penalties think to be higher for incidents like that or if we want to put on our tinfoil hats do you think the FIA is keeping these penalties light because they want to incentivize aggressive moves making for a more exciting race. And that comes from John Crofts in Chicago. Um, what are your thoughts on that? What do you think? Because that was interesting how both of them ended up doing better regardless of their punishments. Yeah, it's such a, I don't know, it's such a tricky uh, fine line to walk because you want to punish people for doing things wrong, to disincentivize people for trying it. But you also want to keep things consistent and allow for people to take chances. It's, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> that's in, that's in, my in the, answer. I have no idea. In, in the case of the Gasly one, you're kind of thinking, especially after you said in that news post that it was, it was miscommunication. That that makes, it makes way more sense to me now what happened there. Cause it was like, it was such a crazy thing that happened between two teammates. Like what a ridiculous way to try and overtake someone. Um, when it comes to Verstappen and how aggressive he is, I was a little surprised that they didn't give him a stop and go penalty. Like 10 seconds added on. I remember that that was like, that's usually like a real like last 10 laps of the race thing, but I don't think it was the last 10 laps. It was a 56 lap race and he hit him on 39, was it? No, Ricardo Verstappen into Vettel, 43. So it was 13 laps left. So maybe I can see that they're like, oh, we'll just do the add-on thing. But if it was a 10-second stop-go, you know, he would have, it would have been th- whatever, you know, 40-odd seconds behind, um, longer um, for the delta between him and who else. So uh, the other thing about this is he could have easily broken his car in the crash and we wouldn't be having this conversation. It just so happens that both people in this situation ended up coming out on top. Um but I do agree with John, at least on the Verstappen thing, that I thought that was a little bit lenient at the time. But I don't think the FIA is being lenient on crashes. I mean, if they were, they'd be fine with all the pit stop madness that was happening too. Consistent racing is all they want. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. Is that it for, uh, for emails? That's our emails. That's our all emails. Right. Uh, you can also hit us up on Twitter. Follow at Shift F1 Podcast for show updates and any fun F1 stuff we run across. I am at Drew Scanlon. He is at Danny O'Dwyer. Shout outs this week to uh, Marshall, who sends us um, in, in the vein of stuff designed by computer, having a bit of a biological look about them. Bugatti <laughs> is or wants to 3D print their brake calipers out of titanium. And this oh just looks gosh. like, I don't know. You ever you ever do that experiment where... Um, you drop like molten iron into water and it just goes all crazy. Right. Yeah. That's what it looks like. I mean, I like that as well. Uh, we also had, we mentioned last Ooh. weekend, um, or not weekend, uh, last, last podcast, uh, the <laughs> picture of a MotoGP rider who was alone on the front row. And then like 30 places behind him, <laughs> the rest of the grid started. Right. Uh, Jesse, uh, writes us quote, every other rider had to return to the pits and fit slicks, a move which delayed the start and earned them grid penalties, which moved every rider other than Miller back 12 positions. Right. 
God, it's I nuts. really, yeah, I would love to know how that worked out. Jeremy says, thanks for ruining F1 interviews. Now, every time I see Stroll, all I hear is the final countdown because he's a magician. <laughs> uh barry and whitney both <laughs> send us pictures um barry says more of that alleged beer from button and danny rick <gasps> oh really Their shell corporation still making beer what's it called again blue something um i'll look it up what, what did i say did they find some no it's just uh, they're from their instagram feed them having a beer and uh <laughs> all right blue coast brewing that's yep. it blue coast brewing Still don't think I can buy any. This is our biannual check-in on the Blue Cross Brewing website. Yes, I am of legal drinking age. Thanks for asking. Uh, yeah, brewed in France. Beer, loca- beer locator. See if it's been updated. No, they're all still in the Riviera. <laughs> <laughs> the French Riviera. Basically, if you zoom out on a map... There's like 20 different things that are all within like a mile of Monaco. So it's only sold there. <laughs> or can, I guess. Great. Ugh, one day. Uh, EC sends us a video on Twitter that just says, my boy Danny Rick and him drinking from a very tiny shoe. Oh. Congrats. Beautiful. Finally, Paul, who just uh, <laughs> mentions us uh, and says, what the what? After NASCAR on NBC's Twitter account says, Vegeta, what does the scouter say about Kurt Busch's laps lead level? It's over 9,000. I, I, my brain cannot process that. There's yep. so much going on. It's, uh, it's, it's NASCAR's <laughs> Twitter feed trying to. Oh, my God. Trying to meme. With oh, the it's got a, it, does a, it literally has a gif from Naruto of the over 9,000 thing. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't think his name's Naruto, but what do I know about anime? That's yeah. It's Naruto's friend, Gerudo, Gerardi, Kombucha. As always, Kombucha. You can find our show notes on F1.cool. Until next time, I am Drew Scanlon. He's Danny O'Dwyer. If you'd like to support us, we are both on Patreon. Danny at patreon.com slash noclip. Me at patreon.com slash clockmap. Anything else, Danny? No, that's it. Looking forward to a race this weekend. Could be really boring. Could be super exciting. Let's roll the dice and find out in Baku. Baku. Have a good race weekend, everyone. And we will see you all next week. Yeah.